0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630
1: Chad. Tarasenko stretch pass through the middle looking for his man. In front of Chance. Backhand. Big save. And it's Connor McDavid with Leon Dry Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl up over the line. In front.
2: Rolls in. Strong!
3: The Edmonton
4: Oilers have tied a team record with their ninth consecutive victory on home ice. Connor McDavid with the game winner on the setup from Leon Draisaitl. Yeah, all the best games end 6-5, don't they? <laughs> that is your final tonight. And just seconds before Connor McDavid scores, Mike Smith records his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. The Oilers bump up their record to 39-25 and five on the season the blues not a very good team in overtime and shootouts they go to 37 20 and 10. okay well it was a thriller maybe a lot more thrilling than it appeared it might have been after the first 12 and a half minutes the oilers scored four times on their first 12 shots 12 and a half minutes into the game that was it for Bennington. huso comes in played pretty well i will also say this rob to be a bit of a Debbie downer after winning nine straight at home twice in this home ice winning streak. They've had a 4-1 lead after the first period. And at one point in the game it was 5-5 because it happened against Detroit as well. But in the end the Oilers do just enough to get it done. Or maybe if you look at how the Blues played early
5: in the game the Blues
4: did just enough to to never have the lead.
5: Well yeah the the St. Louis Blues early in the game didn't get a save. And The Edmonton Oilers took advantage of that, and then the Oilers took their foot off the gas pedal, and the St. Louis Blues got stronger as the game went on and had a number of good chances. Uh, Mike Smith let in five, but there were a couple big moments where he came up with big saves, none bigger than the one in overtime. But once this game got into overtime, and and I said with Bob afterwards, the St. Louis Blues, I would take that team any time in an NHL playoff game Overtime or multiple overtime periods. But I will never take them in a three-on-three overtime game. They're not built that way. They're built to play five-on-five hockey and, and play you all night long. They don't have the horses to be able to play you three-on-three. And Connor and Leon, uh, they play, they just kind of... S- Hung around, hung around in that overtime as St. Louis made a couple changes. They took it back behind their own net a few times. They finally had the one opportunity. And we see it all the time. If you do not score on your chance, it's an on man break going the other way. And the Edmonton Oilers in odd man breaks when you got Connor and Leon, it, it usually spells trouble. So I don't think that was the Edmonton Oilers' best game. But they played well enough to get them two points at home. And as we said with Bob, it, the Oilers are winning games without their A game. And I think that's important as they go forward the rest of the regular season.
4: So the Japanese Village goal light is on on 630Ched.com. You can go there and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We turn that on whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. And for a second, it looked like they might do that in the first period. I, I mean, you, you referenced it, St. Louis a mistake-filled first period with the wrong guys on the ice for Edmonton, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Yamamoto, Kane, Hyman. Uh, and even when Huso came in for the last six and a half minutes, the Oilers, I mean, they had a power play, and they, they had chances to even get five or six in the first period. I will say this, that, that Huso guy, the goaltender for St. Louis, um, I mean, maybe he'll want the overtime winner back. I don't know. It's wild three on three, but he had a good game.
5: He did. He's good, and he probably should have started. Had they started, it might have been a different outcome for the St. Louis Blues.
4: All right, let's go downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Jamie. I would
3: say, what were your perspective, from your perspective, what did you kind of see from, from your group, especially as the game went on? Yeah, I, I'm pleased that we found a way to get the two points. That's first and foremost. That's the goal heading into each and every night. We found a way to get it done, but there's some uh, there was some sloppy play that I think has to get cleaned up. Um, but anytime you score six goals on a team like that, I think that's a positive sign. Um, some of the areas that we obviously have to focus on is keeping some of them out of our net.
6: So it sounds like uh, you don't subscribe, at least tonight, to the adage of "don't critique the wins." There's there's some things to critique. Well,
3: you can win for nothing and critique uh, little points in the game. Uh, for us, it, it's not about critique or criticism or uh, pointing fingers at anybody. It's just a finding... Off. Um, it's about finding opportunities within your team game that where you can improve. And uh, tonight I thought we were sloppy in some areas and, and we can get better at that. But in the end, it's a credit to our players for digging in and, and finding a way to get the two points. That's the goal on a day-in, day-out basis. It's a results-driven business and our, our players got the end result today. But there are some uh, opportunities for growth. That's for certain.
7: Is that team structure defensively not disappear but gone away in the last say three of the last four games
3: well I mean he, I think at the time of year we're we're at other teams are going to have good moments and make their push as well I would say um, today we gave up five goals against at the Calgary game we gave up way too many goals against um, the Arizona game, we gave up one. In L.A. game, we, we gave up three. Um, there are lessons to be learned in all of those games, and uh, we are, you know, we're addressing that with our players, and as we weave our way down the stretch during the schedule, we want to see growth.
7: Uh, it looked like in the overtime they just tried to play keep away for the first minute until Connor and Leon left the ice. And then they, they could write something offensively. Did it seem that way to you?
3: Yeah, that's what it felt like uh, behind our bench, too.
7: Um... And Connor had 11 shots. He's never had that many shots in a game. Did it seem like he had the puck most of the game?
3: He had the puck a lot, certainly. Um, He made some fantastic plays um, with his shot, but he also made some good plays with the puck to set people up. And um, in the end, he was the difference maker.
7: And when Leon and Connor are on the two-on-ones, is that... Just like Gretzky and Curry back in the day? They don't mess up too many of those?
3: I never had the privilege of seeing those guys up close. I have seen them on video. Um, But in today's day and age, um, I couldn't think of two other players I'd want to have in a two-on-one with a game on the line. Thank you. Uh, last game, you, you sort of made reference to bending but not breaking, and it was kind of a, a similar situation tonight. When, when does the bending become a concern, or is there some common themes in, in the Yeah, in the- I... Push back. Anytime you give up five goals against, you, you haven't done what you wanted to do. And, and there's uh, moments within the game where you can improve. And so we found a way to get the two points. We're going to move on, but doesn't mean we're burying our heads in the sand at uh, some of the uh, errors that crept into our game. Where we will address them and we'll work on them in practice. Were there common themes from the LA game to this game that uh, in down the stretch? Um. I thought tonight we gave up a little bit too much off the rush. I didn't think our back check was where it needed to be. I thought they got above us at times. I think we can improve around our own net. Um, and most of those things, I think, are correctable, um, and we're going to continue to work on them. Good. Thanks, guys.
4: That is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft live on 6.30. Chad. The Oilers as I like to call them, Rob, the come-from-ahead victory. <laughs> Up 4-1, and they win 6-5 in overtime against St. Louis. So, okay, the Oilers take control. How did the Blues come back, and, and what are we seeing, maybe not just tonight, but in some other games, not all, but in some other games that causes the Oilers trouble when they get under stress in their own end?
5: <laughs> well, uh, I, I think the way that the Oilers are built on the back end. Uh, they're not a bunch of shut down defensemen. They are, they've are they got uh, smaller defensemen. They've got guys that are skilled. And smaller skilled players tend to make more mistakes. They tend to make more uh, risky plays. Uh, they are on a hard forecheck. It's much easier to forecheck a skilled player than it is to get in on a big strong tough guy and uh, there's no simple for for Oilers skilled players if uh, if, let's use for example a friend of ours Jason Strudwick when you when Jason Strudwick in a game if he had no play it was off the glass and out Uh, as Todd McClellan used to call it, punt you got no play punt Uh, the Oilers don't do that enough sometimes and they get themselves into trouble they'll think okay I'm gonna make a play and all of a sudden everything's taken away and now you're in trouble now you throw it away and when you throw it away, it, it not only gives the other team the puck, but it, it messes your forwards or other players up because they have no idea where you're going with the puck because there's a set break. Or here's what we're supposed to do. When it doesn't go there, now you're in disarray. So I just think that the makeup of the Oilers on the back end, they're a team that uh, can make skilled plays, but they also, because they they have the puck more, they, they are tend to be able to make mistakes and can find themselves under stress. Yeah.
4: No, they're also capable of putting stress in the other end. Oh, absolutely. As we've seen for sure. I mean, I thought Hyman scored twice. I thought he had an outstanding
5: game. I thought Hyman and Kane were excellent in this game. I, I really do. I think that the Oilers are starting to understand that you don't always have to win off the rush and you don't always have to create chances off the rush. And I think we saw that tonight with Leon dumping the puck in, Connor dumping the puck in. RNH has been doing it for a while now. And the Oilers' forwards are fast and They are very good at takeaways. It's one of the stats here. But getting in and creating turnovers. Yamamoto, fantastic at it. Leon, Connor. They've got that quick first step knocking pucks down. Leon Dreisettle is the best in the National Hockey League. When a puck's coming through the the zone, he's able to knock it down. So you dump it in and then you put stress on the other team's defensemen and force them to make a play they don't want to make or make a play quickly. That's where they're creating offensive chances. So now you're getting... Uh, Extended time in the offensive zone, and what we saw in the first period, the turnovers that the Oilers created were great A scoring chances.
4: 6 5, the Oilers win it. Connor McDavid with the winner, his 11th shot on goal in the game. That is the most he's ever had in a game. He had nine several times throughout his career. I uh, I looked up most. (laughs) shots in a game by uh, an Oilers player uh, Gretzky and several other guys got to 13 but Gretzky did it a few <laughs> times Leon Draisaitl had 11 in a game earlier this year that was the last time an Oilers player that's a lot of shots to, got to double digits but uh, I mean McDavid six in the first period when when they were all over St. Louis and then the winner Rob as soon as you see them breaking out like that and that wasn't as clear a break as they've had on other goals where they've scored. But you just expect if it doesn't go in, it's going to be an incredible score.
5: Well, in a few things happen. on First of all, you, if you get a scoring chance in overtime, you have to score. Because if you don't score, it's going the other way. And, and Nick Letty had the chance. Mike Smith made a nice save. Now, the when the puck turned over and all of a sudden Leon and Connor are going on forward, the one thing that happened there was... Nick Letty was on the ice. He actually made it a much harder play for Leon and Connor because Nick Letty is fast, and he got back. Normally, they would set up, Connor be set up in the one-timer, and they go in nice and slow and wait to make the perfect play. They weren't able to do that because of the back pressure from Nick Letty. But if there's any player in the National Hockey League that I want the puck on his stick on a two-on-one, it's Leon He, To me, he is by far the best passer of the puck in the NHL. If there's anyone in the NHL that I want driving the net, it'd be Connor McDavid because nobody can catch him. Now, it was a great pass, it was a great tip. I just think that because of so many things that Connor McDavid, David's capable of doing, Husso, that the goaltender, started sliding across, Connor tipped the puck back, and I think he just tried, the goalie tried, just pushing the puck, flapping the puck into the corner, and he just, I don't know if the puck turned on him, and he ended up putting it up inside his own net. But he, again, you put stress on a goaltender, and good things can happen. And that's what happened on that one. But yeah, when Connor, and, and I don't know, long, how long into the overtime was that? Uh, 111. 111. So <laughs> the, the St. Louis Blues had made a change. Uh, the because Blues had the puck for a minute five. I know. <laughs> and, and, and Connor and Land, they were fresh because they just stood in the neutral zone. as The St. Louis Blues had the puck behind their own net, came all the way up to the blue line, took it all the way back to all, behind their own net, came all the way up again, created their one scoring chance, and then the Edmonton Oilers, two best players, took full advantage of it and an exciting way to finish. Like, I know that there's some things that, the others have to clean up and I know there's a lot of things that we can talk about because they had a four win lead but as a fan of the game the best thing that ever happened for us is the St. Louis Blues yeah. came back in this game that was a much better game to watch than if this would have turned into a 6-2 route so that was fun to watch there's a as Jay Woodcroft said if you give up five goals you didn't stick great right to your game plan and execute properly but a fun game St. Louis is good they are talented. Uh, missing a couple key players tonight, but the Edmonton Oilers found an important two points because if they don't get two points tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights could have pulled within one of them.
4: I honestly was wondering if the Blues were just going to keep the puck the entire time, <laughs> keep it till there was 20 seconds left, and, and then, then try to
5: and then go. The problem, the only problem on that is, hey, okay, let's just waste the whole five minutes. But now we got to go into a shootout. And Connor well, and going to shooting. score right at
4: the end. And uh, I guess you, I mean, you do have to pass the puck to some extent, so you risk turning it over, and then it's a breakaway But, play, but. well,
5: they, they, St. Louis did a lot right there. They they won the faceoff with their best defensive players out there. Ryan O'Reilly's a fantastic hockey player.
4: Great setup on the fifth oh, goal.
5: Oh, one, he's just a wonderful player. But they have the puck in overtime. They're doing everything right. Then they get their goal scores. Their offensive player out. Thomas jumps on the ice, and the lines change, and they get the two-on-one. They get exactly what they wanted. Unfortunately for them. Mike Smith made a big save, and then as soon as that save, the, Thomas watched the play. Thomas made the pass to Letty and then watched the play. When you're out with Connor and Leon, as soon as you make that pass, and it's hard to get that through your mind, but you got to start going, skating back to your own end. He didn't. Two on one for the Oilers, and a big, fun victory for the Edmonton.
4: Yeah, wild game 6-5. The Oilers take it over the St. Louis Blues. That is a $600 donation to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They give $100 every time the Oilers score. So we've had some games where it's been good nights <laughs> for Santa's Anonymous, thanks to James H. Brown.
5: Yeah, tonight was a good one. Uh, entertaining. And some... Really nice storyline. Zach Hyman, again, a nice storyline. Evander Kane, the shorthanded goal. Uh, actually, Evander Kane was on afterwards. Bob and I got to talk to him. He, he's got a job in, in sports radio when he's done, or sports TV. He's a well spoken man. But he, he talked about shorthanded. He's, he goes, he. He says, I usually get two or three shorthand goals a year. He goes, I'm used to it. And he got one in Dallas earlier. Yeah, and that was a good one tonight. He he thinks offense. When the puck gets shot out, he's going offensively. So those were, they played very well. Uh, Connor and Leon again as as well. So it was, there was a lot of good storylines but there's also some things that Jay Woodcroft's going to want to change as they go forward here the rest of the season. You do not want to be giving up three goal leads on home ice when you go into a playoff series. So that was the only special team's goal in the game. The
4: shorty by Kane. The Oilers went 0 for 1 on the power play. Blues 0 for 3, but they gave up the shorty. The power play update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including a new one in Camrose. Check out Extreme with the next Power The Oilers came in with the fourth best power play in the league, Blues third best, and they really threw it around you know yeah, they, they had, can they, you know tarosenko perron shoots all the time and he's not he afraid shoots, to well, he's not one of those guys well he shoots all the time but you wish he he would he could shoot he's, the puck he's got a good shot good point man uh and the orders you know the orders could have they gone up five one when was their power play double check i think it was, was to go
5: up five one wasn't it
4: at thirteen fifty-three of the first yeah yeah they could have gone up, they five, got up five one up five one and they I mean, did so if you're going to slightly critique something like just rarely, pour
5: it on rarely on when you're losing 4-1 is it a big pk but st louis right. made a big key pk got out they survived the first period. that is uh, in all honesty that is that one of the worst periods i've seen an opposing team play that st louis did in the first period.
4: and the Oilers actually made quite a few mistakes early they, too but then they cleaned it up a bit
5: st louis didn't in the first period. Yeah. like those that I'm watching that, and if that would have been a practice, that's one where the coach blows it down, throws his stick, yells at you, get off the ice, It's not this; you're wasting my time. Like, that's how bad they were in the first 20 minutes. They found their game through the final 40, but again, when you're crawling out of a hole that big, you have to play perfect hockey the remainder of the game. You know, I was talking to
4: a, an assistant coach in the NHL earlier this season, and he doesn't work for the weather, somebody else, and he said... his staff looks at it that the NHL is almost like the NBA. It's a game of runs. Mm. Every team is going to have an extended time of of pressure. How long is your run and how much damage can you do? Ultimately, the Oilers' run was shorter, but they did more damage to put St. Louis in in the hole.
5: Well, we've talked about this for the last number of years, you and I, that when you have so runs or periods, like no team ever dominates for 60 minutes. That's very rare in the National Hockey League. So when you have your great period, when you outplay a team so badly in the first period, and then at the end of the 20, if you've not been rewarded for that, it always comes back to bite you because that was your run. You've got to execute and you've got to put points on the board. If you don't, then the other team gets their chance. And it always seems that when you have your run or when you have your time where you're the team that's better and getting your chances, if you don't score, the next opportunity the other team gets it's in the back of your net it just seems that it always works out that way so yeah I absolutely agree with that assistant coach and you've got to capitalize when you're on your run.
4: Speaking of the Golden Knights, they lead Seattle 3-1 with six minutes left as we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. So the Golden Knights in control there. Ducks beating the Coyotes 4-0 after two. Edmonton and Anaheim on Sunday. Sabres knock off the Predators 4-3. Lightning downing Chicago 5-2. Islanders shut out the Rangers 3-0. I want to get to a stat there from that game in a sec. Senators over the Red Wings 5-2. So... This is... I, I got to bring this up, Rob, because it is such a weird one. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it now? I saved it. Now I can't find it. Here we go. So, Semyon Varlamov has four straight shutouts at Madison Square Garden. So, he hasn't just shut out I mean, a lot of goalies... I mean, you and I always look at the stats yep. and in the game notes, and you can if people don't know, you can get these on the website. So, they're kind of neat to look through because they'll give you every player's stat against that opponent. Yep. And if you look even goaltenders who have dominated a certain team they really have four career career shutouts against one team yes so verlamov has four consecutive shutouts against the rangers in madison square garden so the nhl pr says he's the only the second goaltender in history to have four straight road shutouts against a single opponent alec connell did so for the new york americans against the original ottawa senators january 11th to december 14th 1926.
5: I don't remember that stretch, um, but that's that's amazing. That is that's absolutely it is absolutely amazing. Guess guess which goalie the Islanders are playing in New York next time they go to their Madison Square. Well, unless Yards. they can sign Alec Connell, <laughs> he's not as quick as he used to be. No, that that is a crazy stat though. That is unbelievable. Like seriously, and and we're not talking about. The, and the Rangers are good. That's this, what I'm saying. We're not, talk, down like not going into Arizona 10, right yeah. now and yeah. playing against the Coyotes. This is against one of the, I mean, the New York Rangers, a legit, a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. Yeah. They are a good hockey club. Uh... The unfortunate thing for the New York Islanders is they didn't get to play in Madison Square Garden enough this year. They should have asked for all those road
4: games to be in MSG. It's <laughs> not the, start that will, of the year. Then of, maybe your prediction of would have come across true across the country. Uh, yeah. Okay, the Oilers uh, survived tonight 6-5 in overtime against the Blues. I know we already got some of you on hold. Please stay there. We will bring you in on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pros choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed pro all the way. We'll have more post-game reaction from your Edmonton Oilers as well. This is Hartland Ford overtime open line. McDamon in overtime 6-5 Oilers take down the St. Louis Blues 39th win of the season. So they once again move a little closer to Los Angeles for second in the Pacific. Oilers 83 points in 69 games. L.A. 84 in 70 and as Rob and I were telling you it looks like Vegas is going to win so they'll remain three back of the Oilers. They would actually jump ahead of Dallas but again Dallas would have four games in hand for that wild card spot so it's tight and the Oilers have won nine straight at home so that ties the team record that was set in this building in 16 17 and i was talking with john shannon on the face-off show uh, and he said well i can't believe no teams in the 80s won nine n- nine in a row but i guess before 1984 so the first few years the others in the league uh, like a tie would end your winning streak yeah you didn't that's have true overtime and then overtime was five Ooh. minutes five minutes five on five with no shootout so you could still Time. Uh, even time
5: so yeah hey did you happen to see the latest trevor zegers school tonight lacrosse school and this time he actually had to go his own teammate was there so he actually had to go around his teammate with his stick I tell you there is no I don't know if there's a player as exciting as him in the National Hockey League when it comes to stuff like that he is so creative uh, we get to when is it the next game we get to see Trevor yeah, and the Ducks. yeah so oh we'll see yeah, if,
4: his teammate Milano had to jump out of the way
5: yeah it was it was funny and like and like he had all the room in the world to yeah. do it too so uh, again, he's creating things from behind the net. He's making behind the net a goal-scoring paradise for him. With, as, if,
4: if Milano hadn't been in the way, the goalie was so far out of position, he could have just kept the puck on his stick and put it over put the it line in,
5: and kept the, and the pulled, stick and pulled it out. and given it to the ref. Said, "Here you go, it's in." <laughs> Broke it's out, the plane. Here you go. But yeah, no. Uh, another. Uh, there are some talented young players in the National Hockey League right now. Zegers is one of them.
4: All right, let's go to the certainty Hotline. We have Shirley standing by. Hi, Shirley. Go ahead.
8: Hi, um, I just had a couple of questions to ask you. Um, first of all, Saddle still got 49 goals, right?
4: Correct, he did not score today.
8: Right, so why do they not count the shootout goal that he scored in the last game?
4: Yeah, you know, they've never counted the shootout goals in, in hockey, I don't think they do in any league. Uh, I think just because it's not part of the regular game flow. There, there is a separate category now where they will keep track of shootout goals but they don't count them as actual goals scored. Well, for the
5: yeah. And then if you start going back through all the records in the National Hockey League all those other players that had those great years never had shootouts to be able to score goals in. So you're just padding stats Aww. in kind of a, in kind of a uh, all-star experience at the end of a hockey game.
8: So if, if they had, he had had a penalty shot, they would have count that. That's, well, yes, because that's the during the, the, the game, yeah. yeah. Okay. My other question was, I have a friend who's an Abbott Montreal fan. Oh, that's and- too
5: bad. Is she okay? <laughs> <laughs>
8: and she insists that this is true and i i listened at the trade deadline i was listening to the tv on sportsnet and the radio on chad and i never heard anything like this but she insists that the oilers were trying desperately to get their goalie Allen, and that's why that other trade took so long it, and what? I never heard anything like that. It, uh, is that I, I true think, or I not? I think
4: the Oilers probably asked about Jake Allen at some point. The reason it took so long to announce the Lagus and Kulak trade was because the Oilers were finishing up the Barrass trade and needed both teams to retain money. That's, that's what why. I th- that's and why they that trade.
8: Couldn't have afforded him anyhow, could they?
4: Well, they would, would they... have had to, yeah, trade it out some other contracts. Yeah. yeah.
8: Yeah, yeah, thanks, no, Shirley. She, she, she insists she heard this uh, on on the internet or something but I I said well I don't think it's true but anyhow. well I think
4: I, I think that the Oilers probably asked about and this is the thing about trades and rumors and why Rob and I are always a little hesitant it, it's, it's GM's jobs to ask yep and say well what about this guy well ask me again in a month okay
5: well, I don't think Ken Holland would have been doing his job properly if he didn't ask. And right. I'm sure he did. Said, all right, what would it take to get him? And we need you to keep this money. We need you to take this player. And probably realize, okay, it's not going to happen. But yeah, I don't think that's what held the trade up, as you just said, Reed, But I do believe that there was some interest by the Edmonton Oilers and Jake Allen.
4: We want to congratulate Lori for getting a $50 RiverCreek Resort and Casino gift card. I set the line at 39.5 hits. It's way over at 69, courtesy RiverCreek Resort and Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. 780-496-0063. We have Scott standing by. Hi, Scott.
0: Uh, hi, guys. I uh, love the show. Uh, just wanted to have three quick comments, and the last one we will kind of discuss. First off, uh, very selfish play on Fogel's part late in the third game. He surprised he wasn't stable to the bench after that. Um, secondly, I guess well, the only thing I have good to say about uh, the, the goaltending was a uh, big overtime save, a couple other key saves, but not going to do in the playoffs. And thirdly, is what I wanted to discuss, was uh, the tying goal. Now, if you have access to it, um, if you watch 40 seconds before that goal was scored we're playing five on five and the oilers are playing like it's a penalty kill it was absolutely i'm sitting by the in my living room screaming at the tv by myself like a crazy guy three or four times the the puck was on the board and they backed off like they're killing the penalty and
4: Yeah, I think they they got, you're right, they got disorganized on that play. I don't know if they meant to play it like a penalty kill, but there was... Because it went back and forth. Who's got this guy, who's got the puck, and and, then O'Reilly just held the puck away from
5: everybody. When when there is confusion, you're always taught to back off and go to the middle of the ice. If if you're hesitant and not sure if this is the right guy, back off, and then you can readjust. Uh, the St. Louis Blues did a good job and in an incredible play by Ryan O'Reilly but yeah you're you're right the others uh, they were in complete disarray on that shift uh, and the, but the reason the main reason they back off and anytime you see a player back off it's because he's confused he doesn't know if this is the player and they just back off and, and keep everyone to the outside and then eventually the St. Louis Blues attacked and just Cody CC didn't get the stick on stick and that allowed the St. Louis Blues to put the puck in the back of the net.
4: Yeah, because that you could feel that one coming. because yes. I was thinking probably 20 seconds before the goal was scored. That's Oh, something. yeah. something's happening here. Yeah. And I and I think I don't have I, I don't have the highlight right now. But I think the, the Oilers might have had a chance even to clear it and it got held in at the point. I can't remember if that was the same sequence or not. There was a but. few
5: sh- there's a few shifts that that did happen. I honestly I can't remember either. Um, but it, I just remember the play Ryan O'Reilly made and it was very good.
4: Uh, yeah, Fogle. I mean, they didn't score on it, but you can't do not that. A good penalty well, to
5: see. it's funny. They, they they say when it's away from your net, you can't take a penalty. That was literally as far away from the net as it could be because the puck was actually against the boards behind the St. Louis net. Yeah. and he came in and, he, and it, no it, was like no, it was intentional. No, it was intentionally stuck his leg out. He slew footed him. That's a two minute penalty every day of the week. Uh, and the Oilers are very fortunate they were able to. Or Fogle was very fortunate they were able to kill that off. You can't do that.
4: Orlers win 6-5 in overtime over the Blues. Well, my oh my. He is finally back. I hope this is not a weird April Fool's joke. He's taken a bit of a hiatus, but he's back tonight. It's our friend JP. JP, go ahead.
9: Come on, you two. You know damn well this is no April Fool. I'm just the fool. I'm the one just running wild right now on April 1st but let's get down the path ah, rail the gate it's been a while it's actually you no know, That 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 style thing i back a few a few you guys have kind of ticked me off a few times lately that's why i kind of And you know what i'm gonna let them sweat a bit then i call I just have to get that off my chest, but you know, at the same time, the reason I called tonight is, we get the two-point, calm down everyone, we are rocking and rolling, everything's fine, calm down, sloppy at times, but you know, eh, whatever. Rob, this is the final time I ask, the final time I ever say to you, I need your autograph, if you don't mind, please.
5: I've I've got a chair sitting right beside me. You could be sitting right beside me. And we actually, not only could I sign something for you, you could have some of the blueberry cheesecake that I got beside me as well.
9: (laughs) The last thing my love handle needs, I'm wearing a (laughs) 38. I'll be a 40 after this conversation with you. But I'll tell you right now, Rob, I'll see you soon. I I hope so. And you damn well tell you right now, Oil Nation, I want you guys to read, please give me a time, please. I know you have the red button. Oil Nation, we are going to the playoffs. And no one's getting in our way this year. I believe in the Mike Smith. I believe in the in Hallow. The, uh, I've had a few drinks. We win. We are having a great week on re- I can't complain. Thank you for taking the car. I appreciate it.
4: Right on. That is JP. He really wants your autograph. Desperately.
5: Well, I mean, he could have got an autograph and a blueberry cheesecake. I mean, it, it's a two for one. I think he wants one. the autograph more than anything. He hasn't tried the cheesecake here yet, though. That's why. Had he tried it, then he may go back on that.
4: <laughs> that was JP on the Certainty Hotline seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. And our adjustment of the game is the JP call. That's for a pro-drain text for peace of mind down the line. Now I have a little more peace of mind knowing that JP is out there and still passionately following the Oilers. <laughs> He, he is. There's, entertaining. There's Craig McTavish. Hey, Mike this <laughs> nice guy too. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Sir Robert standing by. Sir Robert, go
10: ahead. Uh, hey guys, how you doing? Quite well. well. Well, well, I mean, I gotta say, certainly, certainly, when the Oilers were, uh, certainly when they were ahead four one after the first, I. If uh, somebody had told me it was it was going to go to overtime five-five and then McDavid scores the winner, I never would have believed it. But I mean, uh, you know, I guess uh, I guess what I will say is you know I like how the I like how the Oilers found a way to I guess uh, you know gut one out because because uh, I mean, a lot of teams a lot of teams when that happens they they just say I don't know I don't know if they will or 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 if it or if it's the shock of uh, having a big lead and losing and they, they uh, I, I don't know. But I guess well, no way. Well, no, I guess. But I guess that's my first point. And then, uh, you know what? Uh, honestly, I think uh, I think Smith. I don't think he was. I don't think he was great tonight. I don't think. I don't think he was horrible. But you know, I guess I'll, I'll say this to uh, I say this to Rob. You know, uh, you guys talk about a goalie making a, a goalie making a big save. At a big moment, none bigger there, than an overtime to allow dry and McDavid uh, to go down and, and score the winner. So, you know, a you know, the win's a the win. I'll take it. Looking forward to Sunday against Anaheim. Right
4: on, sir, Robert. Thanks a lot for checking in. Well, yeah, at this point, you want as many points as possible. <laughs> you can...
5: Well, you're a popular guy, Ralph. I love the the dude's hat. That's a cool hat that he's wearing right there. Lots of happy fans tonight, which oh, is yeah. good. Well, how can you not be? You got an entertaining hockey game and two points. Yeah, doesn't get better than that.
4: All right, six five is your final. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman as we uh, move along tonight. We will bring uh, Greg onto the Certainty Hotline. Greg, you're on with Robin
11: Reed. Go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well. Um, I just got a question before I go into uh, what I want to talk about. Uh, What's uh, Woodcroft's uh, record with the Oilers right now after this night's win, first off, It is. Hang on. I think it's 16-7-2. Uh, exactly. Okay, so that's good because that's what I have on paper here. So um, just based on uh, point percentage and stuff like that and based on the 16-7-2 uh, record with the Oilers, um, based on what's going on now, I know at the beginning of the season they were their power play was awesome and dah, 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 dah. and then they had a slump now they're back to you know being decent uh the penalty penalty kill kind of needs some work still but if it based on the record that jay woodcroft has and i just want other fans to know this um based on the the um how it's going right now with a 1672 record, um if that was uh over 82 games that'd be 120 points um in the standings. so um I know we have a lot of things to work on. I mean, blowing a 4-1 lead is kind of tough, but um, they did get sloppy, and that's something I I don't I think, think
4: that's so 103
11: points. 120.
4: No, sorry. I I, no, so I mean, I think
11: it's 103. Oh, is that okay? Maybe my math Okay, so off, but, 16,
4: 7, and 2. Still a pretty good season. That's 34 points out of a possible... 50. Out of a possible 54, I think. No, wait. 16, 7... 25 25, okay you might be right that's
11: a lot of points yeah so but my point is what what the others need uh, they're they're playing better five on five but it seems like they take the foot off the pedal when they're up a little bit right and it's and like so and they start playing a little bit loose and they need to tighten that up and that's and that's something that players have to do not I know the coach has to has, has to be involved in that as well but but the players got to realize, hey, okay, we're up 4-1. We still need to play our game. Like, yeah, I know you don't want to run up the score, but but you still got to oh, play. Oh, no, I, they so do want to run up. The they want to
5: run up the score. There's no lead that is ever safe. So if they can make it 12-1, they'll make it 12-1. You got to remember, though, that the other teams push back. And tonight, the St. Louis Blues, St. Louis is good. They're a very good hockey club. Uh, not too far removed from a Stanley Cup championship. They push back. And I, I don't know if it's as much the Oilers taking their foot off as the St. Louis Blues were better in the second period. And they that was their stretch where they were controlling the play. So it's 111 points. Sorry, that's a good season. Yeah, that's it. But so it every no team I, I, I've yet to see a team that's controlled play for 60 minutes in a hockey game. There's ebbs and flows. There's you, you just got to take advantage when you're take when it's your turn to push the play when you got momentum on your side, you got to make sure you capitalize the Oilers did that and they did it enough that it made sure they got one point and then they're Superstars got them the second point in overtime. You do not want to give up 4-1 leads on home ice. You do not want to do that come playoff time. But it's not, though, they said, okay, you know what? Let's just gonna change everything now. The St. Louis Blues were horrible. Horrible in the first 20 minutes. And that was a big reason that the Edmonton Oilers had four goals.
4: All right, so 6-5, the Oilers win in overtime. We will get to more of your calls, and you'll hear from Connor McDavid and Zach Hyman. We are live in Studio 99, Oilers Hockey, presented by Friesen Brothers. This is Heartland Ford, overtime open line.
1: Yamamoto stripped it, and a chance for Kane the other way. Down the left side, Evander Kane tried to center one back in front. It's loose, to again on the backhand. He scores!
4: That is Bob Stoffer with the call of Evander Kane's short-handed goal in the first period. Edmonton led at that point 3-1. They would lead 4-1, and St. Louis would come back to tie it, and the Oilers win an overtime 6-5 on 20. a goal by Connor McDavid I love how Bob described that because there was excitement on the rush and then it appeared to have been snuffed out and then Kane's all alone in front again he has 16 goals in 30 games for the Orthers.
5: he's been good Uh, he's not I don't even think he's everything they expected I think he's more Uh, he's done it on the power play he's done it shorthanded five on five he brings a physical element and that was just not quitting on a play it was a two on two that ended up with him by himself in front of the net he he read the play right the the st louis defender didn't and he waited for the puck to bounce in the right spot and put the puck on net uh evander kane has been good and i thought he and hyman were the two best players for the edmonton Oilers today
4: 780-496-0063 is the certainty hotline we have rocket standing by hey rocket
2: Hey boys, how you doing?
4: Good.
1: Rob, I got nothing for you tonight. Sorry, buddy. This is all on. This is all for Reed.
5: Okie dokie. I'll just I'll take my headset off. Tell me when you guys are done. You, you can t- you can take the rest of
1: the night off. <laughs> this is Cain uh, and Abel is what I call McDavid and and uh, and, and Evander Cain. Abel obviously being uh, Connor McDavid. But Reed, you talk to your mother all the time, right? Yes. You've been known for that. I've listened to your show, like, for many, many, many years. And, and you know, some people might call you a, ma- a mama's boy. I am, too. I talked to my mother today, but I have a question for you. Who's the biggest oiler fan, your mother or my mother? My mother went out for, like, a haircut, a pedicure, and a manicure. And she's uh, 86. My brother took her out. I normally call her about five o'clock after days of our lives. So she didn't answer because I figured she had a big day and she was, you know, having a nap. I call her before, like, ten minutes before the Oilers game, and I, I literally got, like, four sentences in, <laughs> she's telling me she's got to go because the Oilers hockey game fell on. Well, I, I got snuffed by my own mother tonight. That's how excited she is about the Oilers. So my question to you, buddy, is have you ever been snuffed by mom over a hockey
4: game? No, I haven't. I don't think Uh, I have.
1: It was priceless. So there are lots of different types of diehard Oiler fans. I'll tell you that. Well, I
4: hope she enjoyed the game, and I hope there are many more to come this season. Thanks, Rocket. Appreciate the story. That's cool.
5: Can yeah. I put my headset back on? Yes, you can. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. My mom
4: also has just like when my mom dislikes a team or a player, it's vicious.
5: <laughs> like, she didn't like Zach Hyman a year ago. How could she not like Zach Hyman? He's like the best, bestest there is. Wrong uniform. Uh, my mom just hated every player that tried to hurt me. Still does.
4: Whole NHL. Yep. She well
5: any it's anywhere you were so anywhere skilled. in life. Mom, anyone doesn't like me, my mom doesn't like them. She's probably listening right down, down in Arizona saying, I don't like that guy who said that about Rob and wouldn't let him, made him take his headset off.
4: All right, we have Gary standing by as well. Go ahead, Gary. Read
1: and Rob, uh, I have a comment and a question. Uh, the first one is, uh, you know, I was nervous about this game with St. Louis and also with L.A. because both of these games, I had Dora was pegged as losers. But, they, you know, they have to stay pace with Vegas because Vegas has been win- winning even though their goaltender has been out. And... You know, they just have to keep on winning, I guess.
4: Well, for sure. It's a tight yeah. chase. And the probabilities are in the Oilers' favor, but you can't drop
5: three, four, or five in a row. No, nope, they can't go on this road year. trip and fall, uh, and slow down because Vegas is just going to continue to push. Yeah. And, and this
1: is like a horse race with L.A. and Oilers in the Vegas. You know, it's going to come down to the end.
5: Well, well hopefully I,
4: it doesn't. LA's Hope- not going away uh, no. either. Like, I think...
5: Ellie's gonna get better. They're gonna get healthier, and they're gonna be better as the season goes on. So is Vegas. Yeah, Vegas
4: is now one. Uh, what three in a row?
5: And they've got. A, uh, I think they have three of their next four games against Vancouver. Yeah, those are the big games.
4: Yeah.
1: Okay. Appreciate the question. It. Oh, oh sorry, uh, go uh, ahead. the question go for go Rob. Go hey, Rob. Uh, what does it feel like to be in the same company as uh, Austin Matthews with your 148 assists?
5: Oh, wow. He's digging for that stuff. Uh, Wow. Um, I I don't think I'm compared very often with Austin Matthews. So um, it's nice of you to mention me with it. So between you and my mother, the only two that would mention me with Austin Matthews, I think he's one of the most talented players in the National Hockey League. I I love watching Austin Matthews play.
4: And, Ve- and Vegas <laughs> is four in a row because they won tonight. So yep. they jump yeah. ahead of Dallas. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good race. I, I mean, obviously, there are fewer teams involved in it now. I mean, Winnipeg is four points out of a playoff spot. As I've often said, that's a lot when you get into the last mm-hmm. 15 games of the season. Oh, it certainly is. Because, uh, you know, Vancouver's seven out and then San Jose's way back. So, it's it's to me, it's, well, Colorado's in.
5: Well, it's. Minnesota's it, it, in. It's Vegas, Edmonton, and LA fighting for two spots in the Pacific, and, and maybe
4: a wild card depending on. Who I, Dallas I, I, I think Nashville to some extent.
5: Well, to me. It always. I don't think. I think Nashville. Is, excuse me. I think Dallas is safe. Nashville might be the team that falls off. If any team falls off, it'd be Nashville. I think Dallas, with the games in hand, and they, the way they play, they're in every game. So I think Dallas is safe.
4: Oilers win six five in overtime. Two goals for. Zach Hyman tonight, two for Connor McDavid. He had 11 shots on goal. Drysleddle had two assists, seven shots on goal. Vander Kane had a goal and two assists. Cody Cece with two assists. The face-off matchup tonight was not close. 61% for the St. Louis Blues. Ryan O'Reilly, as you would expect, leading the way. He won 18 out of 25. Dreisaitl took 28 faceoffs tonight only won 11 uh, McDavid only won six out of 16 and that was sometimes the face offs lie a little bit but t- tonight they were big because the St. Louis yes.
5: got the puck and just kept going. Ryan O'Reilly is one of the best face off players in the National Hockey well, League and has been, been years. Round. He's one of the best all he's he's a great he's a great hockey player he is a great hockey player.
4: All right we got Brian standing by as well. Hey Brian go ahead.
2: Uh, great hearing you uh, after every game love listening to you guys uh, I'm glad that the Oilers won I'm happy with the two points not exactly glad how they got it but uh, but a win is a win my question to you guys is, is their uh, shall we say continuing or continuance of not playing a full 60-minute game they always seem to uh, have a a great they can have a great start or they can have a great finish but there's always a lull in in virtually every game uh this year and uh, i think rob mentioned earlier that yeah they're getting wins with a with uh, a b game They've only got 13 games left to find their uh, their A game, and I, I think without playing a complete 60-minute game, I, I don't want to be a naysayer, uh, but I'm, I'm concerned about the playoffs.
4: I think you're actually making a good point, and we've talked about this uh, after the L.A. game, certainly after the Calgary game, but... You know, they're going to beat, especially when it's late in the season, you're going to beat Arizona, San Jose, those teams most of the time. I don't want to say all of the time because that's not fair. It's the NHL, but most of the time. But I think that's that's a fair question. Because uh, you're going to play a team of this caliber or mm-hmm. better in the playoffs. Yeah, but
5: the problem with, with that saying is, well, you can say that about St. Louis. Well, St. Louis can't come in and play 40 minutes and expect to win. Well, yeah, St. Louis but gave the, up five goals in yeah, regulation. The, yeah, the too. other day against the L.A. Kings. Well, the L.A. Kings can't be a team that doesn't play 60 minutes. When you say they don't play 60 minutes, that's because they're not dominating the whole season. There's zero teams out there that will be the better team all 60 minutes. But I think it's
4: a fair question to talk about the extent to which their game can drop off at times, or how long it takes them to get it back. Okay, here's my example. L.A. is going to have a push, F- yep. fine. Yep. You can't go nine minutes without a shot. No, I like agree. Like the start of the third period. I agree, but that's then, you, but then, then you go
5: devil's advocate. Well, the L.A. Kings can't win the way they played last game because they didn't play as good in the first period. You can say that about St. Louis tonight they well, didn't St. play this was awful they were awful period, so yeah. you can say that about every team because when the Oilers don't play 60 minutes that means the other team didn't play 60 minutes either so you can say it about either team you're just just talking about your own team when you're watching but it. I think
4: I think having the 4-1 lead tonight and then having to go to overtime is I think that's would be uncomfortable for some fans. I mean you'd, you'd hope that you could be sturdy enough that you take that one to the finish line or true. The win when it's six two or six three.
5: It's true. But did they were they that much better in the first period or did the St. Louis Blues just give them four goals or four grade A scoring chances. Like look at some of the goals that the Oilers scored; Those were just terrible plays by St. Louis like terrible that Thomas two times in a row he just completely turned the puck over and the Edmonton Oilers had it within 15 feet of the net. Uh, You're you're never going to see a perfect game. It just doesn't happen in the National Hockey League. Uh, There's no team that can say they were the better team for 60 full minutes. At the end of the night you just want to be better a little bit more than the other team did and that's what happened tonight. Now having said that when you get in the playoffs you don't play three on three overtimes. Right. And the way this game was going tonight, if they went into overtime, the St. Louis Blues were the better team in the second half. And if you don't play three on three, how does this game turn out? The game against the LA Kings. The LA Kings were by far the better team in the third period. You're not going to a three on three or a shootout. If that game would have continued five on five, who would have been the team that won? So those are the things you worry about at the end of the game. Going into five-on-five five overtimes, you got to try to keep things going in the right direction. But as far as sixty full sixty minutes, there's zero teams in the NHL that play sixty full minutes. The other team always pushes back.
4: All right, we got Joe on the line as well. Joe, go ahead. Oh, Mike, I'm sorry. Mike is the next caller. Sorry about that. Oh, hey guys.
11: Mike. Hey guys. No problem. Um, enjoyed the game tonight. I love the positivity that uh, Jay Woodcross brought to the team. He's um, well spoken and he never seems to put anybody down. Uh, everything's about the team and, and that's great to hear. Um, also, been loving the four check, uh Yamamoto, Kane, uh, Diamond, Boyarvi. Everybody's been working hard. Uh, where is uh, Neil Einen? We could really
5: use that. Uh, He's down in the he's in the minors and he would be oh he'd be a f- little bit further down the depth chart. Uh, if there's an injury Chris Russell will be your first defenseman in and then I don't know if Nima Leinen's ahead of Broberg. I think Broberg would be ahead of him as well. So he there would have to be a few injuries before you see Nima Leinen up there. I think he I think he played well when he was up here. I don't think he's yet ready to be a, a defenseman to count on in your final six when you're going in a playoff run.
4: 5-2 loss tonight, by the way, for the Condors to Henderson. Fair enough, guys. I'm
11: just, I'm just worried about the toughness that the playoffs do bring. No, you're, oh, absolutely no, you're right, right. You're
5: right. The, are what, we tough what, enough? Well, we'll find out in the first round because it's, it's either going to be Los Angeles or Las Vegas. It's going to be one of those teams the Oilers are going to play in the first round, and both uh, are, are big, physical, strong teams. So you're 100% right when there's a, a, a fear, but you won't have that fear answered until we get to the playoffs. The Oilers did pick up a Hyman. They did pick up a Kane. Those are players that are built for playoff hockey. That will help them. The one area that the Oilers are not big and physical is on the back end. Yeah,
4: and that's, you know, again, I, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on the guy. Maybe I do. But again, you know, Bouchard got shoved off the puck mm-hmm. a couple times. Yep. Um, you know, I think Kulak's been good for the most part. I, I but agree. He, but he's not a huge guy. No, he go, Oh, he got rocked
5: twice today, too. Yeah. Got up both times. Good on him.
4: Yeah. For the most part he's i think a caller the other day said he's been noticeably unnoticeable yep. which for the most part is is fine so i i to me it's it's again like we we're talking about saturday after the calgary game it comes down to defending mm-hmm. and it comes down to okay somebody's coming at you and they're coming in fast and they're coming in big yep. you, can can yep. the orders hold and like and to get what i was saying to earlier can you can you have maybe a couple shifts where you're shaken? but then can you swing it back like it it can't take in my mind it can't take half a period well if it's or half a period then it's no, like you're time.
5: right you're right um the edmonton oilers uh they're gonna find out if their defense can handle stress I, every team has a weakness it doesn't matter if it's the tampa bay lightning florida panthers you're gonna find some sort of weakness it might not be as weak as other teams but there's something they're not as good at and the other teams are gonna try to exploit that and i think on the oilers they are not a physical back end and to beat the Oilers you got to be physical get pucks in deep and work the Oilers defensemen below the tops of the circles that's how you try to have success against the Oilers and the Oilers defensemen are going to see that the entire whatever they whoever they play in the playoffs they're going to see it night in night out
4: and 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 also and this is another theme we talk about if the puck does get up the wall to the forward they, they got to work the puck out. And and that was another issue tonight. Yes. You had, and some of the Oilers, bigger forwards, yes. did not get the puck out the last 5 or 10 feet, even if it's a chip out.
5: Well, how many times have we seen this year where the Oilers' top players, whether it's Connor or Leon, a puck gets kept in that should have been out, and then Leon or Connor score a goal? Because they got a second opportunity, and we saw that a number of times Yeah, a couple times, couple times, and then tonight, the opposite happened. Once the game moved on, is the Oilers weren't getting pucks out, and you're giving. So when when you get a puck out, you that means the the team says tonight, when if Zach Cassian gets the puck over the blue line, St. Louis, all their players got to come outside the blue line. They got to regroup in a small neutral zone. They can't stretch it out because they got to go across the blue line as a group. It takes. Uh, a a lot of things to go right to get the puck back in and have control of it. If you turn the puck over inside the blue line, well now it's a short ice, there's confusion because all your players were thinking, oh, it's out, and now it's not, and there's a split second where that team that turns the puck, that gets the puck on the turnover, they have a huge advantage because they're going the right direction towards your net and there's confusion amongst you. That is why it's so vital, they always talk about every coach I've ever had five feet inside and outside the blue lines. You've got to make sure you get pucks out. you got to make sure you get pucks in. And the Oilers in the second half of the game were not as good at that.
4: All right, 6-5. The Oilers pull out the win. Nine straight home ice victories. Ties a team record. They'll try to break that record next Saturday when they're back home against Colorado. Got a three-game California road trip coming up first. Connor McDavid had the winner. Hyman scored. or Yeah, they both scored twice. McDavid had the winner. Two goals. Hyman scored twice. Here are those two gentlemen.
12: 4-1 at the end of the first. We'll take that any any night, but uh, you know, credit to them. I thought they did a good job of kind of adjusting and and uh, and uh, making it hard on us and you know, got themselves back in the game. But you know, ultimately we hung in there and got a two, got two points. And it sounds cliche, but that's really all that matters at
3: the end of the day. Do you notice anything in yourselves as a team when when you know St. Louis is pushing back hard like that and the momentum's changing? Like, is there a, a sense of uh... I don't even know what the sense would be but is there anything different about the Oilers when when St. Louis is coming hard like that?
6: Me? Uh, no, I, I think this is. It's important to, to play with the leads. I think that we have to learn how to play properly with the leads. I think LA game we're up three one and then goes to OT shootout, shootout, and then this game up four one and then up five three. So two leads that got away from us. So I think it's important to to you know learn from those. I think early on in the season we were playing from behind a lot, so now we're, we're playing with the lead and we got to we got to protect the lead and we got to play smart and uh, you know happy we got the two points. So. Connor, there's an expression that you never want to critique the wins, but could this be a uh, you know a, a different example. Do, do you think this game deserves some critiquing inside your room just to make sure that you know some fine tuning is, is done?
12: I mean, we say never critique a win, but we critique every game, so uh, it doesn't matter the result. And I'm sure, we'll, we'll we'll go back and we'll figure out what uh, what might happen there. But you know, ultimately, um, you know, we found a way to get a win. again, I hate to keep saying that, but you know, we obviously can be better in the last 40.
6: Uh, is, is Zach, with the playoffs slowly approaching, the, the game kind of changes and things get a little finer. Is this uh, an opportunity to maybe kind of clean up some stuff uh, heading down the down the stretch here? Do you think? For sure. I mean, we're, we're in a battle. We've been playing playoff style hockey for for a little while now, and I think playing against a team like St. Louis, who's you know won a cup. They're, they are a veteran team. They, they play hard. They play that playoff style hockey. You know, those, those are games that are, that are good for us, and games that you know we got to find ways to win. And we did that tonight. Uh, and as as the season goes longer, I think you know the refs put their whistles away, and you, you play a little bit, and it's a harder game. And, and uh, you know playoffs are right around the corner, so we got to be ready for it.
3: I, I guess I would <clears throat> sort of riff off the same theme you were in Toronto for a long time a team that could score a lot of goals and won a lot of games and had a hard time figuring out how to play the game in the playoffs in a successful way uh, like 6-5 hockey you know as I think we'd all agree is you're not going to be playing 6-5 hockey a month from now uh, is there time to work on it is there time to you know I get it you're trying to win games but
6: are you, you'd probably like to win some games 3-1, 3-2 and play a little bit more like playoff hockey is that fair to ask no, I mean when you're scoring goals, you're not you're gonna you're gonna be playing in, you know, five, six goals like we did tonight. You wanna keep the puck out of your net, right? So you're not gonna stop scoring goals right so but yeah i mean things tighten up and it's hard to score goals it's hard to score goals in regular season it's hard to score goals in the playoffs and um you know we got to be able to play in those tight games those two one one nothing games and we got to be able to play in the six five games because you do see it sometimes uh, not often but you do in the playoffs so you got to be able to play in all games so this is a dumb question but i
3: specialize in those uh, can you score six goals and only give up one or two? Like, my point is, the more you score, the, is it, is, it a, is there a direct relation between how good your offense is and how wide open the defense is? You know what I'm saying? Can you
6: yeah, I mean, play that hockey? I think we've won games 6-1. I mean, I, I'm sure we have. But, I, I mean, I think it's just the, the way it opens up, right? I, I think that... As you wind down, you you learn uh, to play a playoff style hockey. You learn, you know, not to take certain risks when when the game is you know out of hand. And and I think uh, I think you know not giving them opportunities is a big thing. A lot making them create their own chances is is important. And uh, I thought you know on a couple we we gave them a chance, and and you know they're a really good team. They got good players. They can make plays, and and they did. Connor, you had 11 shots or 12 shots. Did it seem like that? during the game
7: sometimes you got the puck a lot but at the end of the night you only got three or four shots on that did it seem like you had that many
12: uh yeah yeah I had lots of looks at the net tonight and just uh, wasn't uh, wasn't as clean as I'd like to be around the net but I uh, like that the chances are coming
7: and then the overtime it looked like when they won the faceoff, they just tried to play defensively till you and Leon got off the ice they didn't try to do anything with the puck did it seem that way to you
12: Um, teams have different strategies in overtime and and, uh, you know they're a team that obviously wanted to hold on to the puck and you know create a chance and they ultimately did Um, you know a little change there was was uh, you know caught us off, off off guard and you know they got a chance and ultimately got the puck back and we only needed one touch
7: with it but um, you know teams have different strategies and um, obviously they wanted to hold on to it. And when you're on the two on one with Leon, there are you thinking he'll get it over to me somehow? I mean, you didn't really shoot the, you just got your stick on the puck. Are you just thinking Leon will find a way to get the puck over to me?
12: Yeah, Leon and I had a couple of the same
7: looks. Just kind of roles reversed
12: uh, in the last overtime where I had the puck and he was driving on his back end and I talked about a little bit and, and you know they're tricky situations so um, I just tried to get to the net and you know Leo's such an amazing player he's going to get the puck over somehow and you know he ultimately did and found a way to put it in. Thank
3: you. One for Connor I guess we'd be remiss if we didn't mention nine straight wins at home is that uh, I mean what does that mean to you guys you know obviously you got something special going on here.
12: Yeah we want this place to be a hard place to play um, you know and uh, I guess we've done that over the last little stretch and need to continue
3: to do that. And then, Zach, a career high for goals with lots of time left. Is this kinda how
6: you envision things going when you came to Edmonton? Yeah, I mean <laughs> try not to look at the the big picture, you just try to take things day by day and uh, but yeah, I, I think you know, I, I wanted to, you know, make an impact and, and help the team win and you know, whether it's scoring goals or killing penalties or doing all those things, it, it all matters and it all adds up, but definitely nice to to, you know, have a career high and keep building here. Sack, just uh, one question for me. Uh, it might be a little awkward since Connor's sitting beside you, but your first year seeing the, uh, Connor and Leon as teammates in overtime, uh, are you? Surprised at all at how quickly they're able to turn the dime because the Blues held the possession for much of that overtime period. But the second they got it, they went the other way and buried. Are you? now Take it back, shot Played against them a lot last year uh, with the the North Division, so well aware of what they could do. And uh, I mean, three on three is there's tons of space, and you know Leo and Connor don't need much space, so it's uh, you know it's a good recipe for us.
4: That is Hyman and McDavid as they score twice each. The Oilers win 6-5 over the St. Louis Blues in overtime. All right, we're going to wind her down here. Next game broadcast is coming up on Sunday, 4.30 face-off show. Game at 6, Oilers at Ducks. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game-day engineer here inside Rogers Place, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30, Chad. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers and the Elks on 630Ched.com globalnews.ca. Oilers Hockey is presented by Friesen Brothers. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Nine in a row at Rogers Place for the Oilers. Have a good weekend.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.